Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And every single week we gather around this table because gals just like you and I, hey, we we need a friend. We need a friend to get through this thing called life. And Rachel, there are so many days that I feel alone. And then I realize, no, I've got you. I've got the Encouragement Cafe girls. And I have so many of the women who listen write me and say, hey, I feel like I'm sitting at the table with you every week. So we are going to continue doing this as long as you tell us it matters. And so this week, Rachel, I want to talk about something that I know I've struggled with, and I bet you have as well, but I see it even playing out in our churches. And it's something that we'll call this week new and improved. And what I mean by that is, for an example, my daughter who is so into all the new tech gadgets. She has a good job, so she she gets all of the new stuff. And she knew that Papa and I needed some new gadgetry for Christmas. And, you know, she got me these things called AirPods, and I had no idea what they were or how to use them. And, And quite honestly, they don't have any cords on them, and they just stick in your ears And they look like they could fall out of your ear. So I was worried about, oh, why why do I need this? Because the way I'm doing it with my little corded headphones, I'm doing just fine. And she said, Mom, this is going to change your life. (laughs) Now, I must admit, I kind of probably rolled my eyes internally when she said that. But they have not changed my life. However... As I've gotten used to using the AirPods, I have noticed that it makes me a safer driver. It makes me um, able to hear the conversations on my phone better. And I can enjoy music when I'm in the middle of a crowd. So it, it is something that has improved my life. But I got to tell you, my first reaction in my gut was... Why do I need something new and improved? Have you ever been there? Oh, sure. Yes. So, and you look lovely with your your cordless headphones on right now. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, And I'm feeling a little behind the times over here with my cords attaching me to things. I I suddenly feel restricted. Um, (laughs) Wait, you you look so free and I'm tethered. (laughs) Um, Exactly. But sure, yes. Like, I remember um, when cell phones... Well, first of all, I remember when car phones came out. And I'm, I'm dating myself here. I was pretty young at this time. But, like, suddenly, like, if you were really important or a traveling salesman or something, you would have this large, massive phone that was a part of your car, right? And you could right. make phone calls from your car. But that was expensive. And, you know, you had to be somebody to have one of those. And okay, so, so I, remember, I remember the TV show... in the early 70s called Burke's Law. And he drove a 
Rolls Royce and had one of those phones. And I thought, there's no way. How in the world could you have a phone in your car? That just doesn't make any sense. Where's the cord? Right, right. Uh, you know, yeah. What wall are you plugging into? I don't get it. Um <laughs> And so then I remember when cell phones came out, you know, the portable things that, you know, and, and they were still expensive, but not as expensive as the Rolls Royce with the phone in it. Um, but I remember thinking, why would I possibly need a phone with me everywhere I go? I have a phone here at the house. I, there will be a phone at whatever destination I'm going to. I can use that phone. And along the way, if I need help, I just drop a quarter in a pay phone and I'm okay. Like, I didn't see the need. And I was actually one of the last of my friends to buy a cell phone because I just didn't think that, you know, this was very necessary. Then, you know, of course, two months into owning the thing and I'm like, how did I ever live, you know, without this? <laughs> like, um, and, and this was so far back, you know, to, to watch a movie, you had to go into a movie rental store, right? And you had to walk down the aisles and look at all the boxes. And then you couldn't remember what you had seen or what your husband had seen. So you needed that phone to call home and say, do we want to see such and such? Have we seen such and such? Yes, very important topics right. to discuss on your new technology. Exactly. I know, I get it. I get it. I remember the same thing, getting a phone. I dug my heels in. I did not want anybody to be able to find me at any time they wanted. I'm like, no, we don't need that much connectivity. And then I had one of my clients insist that I have a phone. And I said, no, I don't want a phone. So the next time I walked into their office, they had put me on their plan and handed me a phone and they said, we want to be able to get a hold of you when we want to get a hold of you. So here's a phone. It's part of the deal. Take it. And that's when I finally had to give in to the new and improved technology. You know, I remember my mom saying that when she was growing up, she remembered, and, and in, this was in the 70s, she told me this. She said, I remember even until my early married years, using a ringer washer. And she said it was out on the porch. You didn't even bring that in the house. You did your laundry out on the porch in a big tub where you would wash it and wring it out by hand through this little press that you uh, turned the handle crank. And she said, when I hear young people talk about um, oh, the good old days back when you were young. She, she said, no, no, those were not good old days. I have a washer and dryer in my home and I don't have to go out on the porch in freezing cold weather. No, these are the good old days. So my mom embraced new technology and was one of the first people to buy a microwave. And we thought, I mean, all of the kids, we were grown and had our own our own homes at that time and we were thinking mom that's crazy why do you need a microwave but it was really a great lesson that new and improved doesn't need to take us by surprise we should embrace it and our our kids just built a house a few years ago and when they got ready to do the wiring my son-in-law who who works for a big uh, techie company he told the electrician, hey, while you're running the electricity, 
I want to wire the house for everything that the future is going to hold. And he had put all of this, I don't know, he called it Cat 6 or something, wire throughout their entire house. So now, now when all the new technology comes in, he's ready. He's ready to go. I'm reading a book right now by a very famous coach. And he said, you know, the the old way of kids going to college and sticking it out for four years and and then going on to the NBA, that's gone. That's in the rearview mirror because agents were were recruiting kids right out of high school and we realized that these kids need a little bit more forming of just their maturity before they move on. So the, the colleges and the universities had to embrace this new change and say, look, we know the kids are going to want to take off and go to the NBA, so we can't make our rules uh, live in the past. We have to adjust. And I know that a lot of times when we're looking at life, whether it's technology or any new and improved thing, our natural tendency is to say, well, what's wrong with the way it's always been? Have you ever heard that phrase come out of anybody's mouth? Yes. And you know what? Some personality types, there's research that backs this up. Some personality types are very wired to think that. Um, Some personality types always look to what has been uh, to judge any new idea against. And And their motto will often be, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, another personality type on the yes. other end of this spectrum is very much hardwired to always be looking at possibilities, to always be looking at um, how could this possibly be done better. And their motto is, it doesn't have to be broke to be improved. Well, that reminds me of a quote I heard that said, curious minds need less motivation to be continuous learners. I mean, when you're curious about something, you want to keep learning how to do something better. How can we make this, you know, more efficient? How can it run more smoothly? I think about the fact um, that we don't always know how great something's going to be until we tried it. I think about um, the post-it note. You probably have three packs in your in your office right now. I have packs all over my home, my kitchen desk, and all of that. The post-it note. Um, was an invention that came about by mistake. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the guy, Art Fry, was uh, trying to make a really strong glue, one that could be used in in airplanes, of all things. Like, this needed to be a strong, strong glue. But um, as so often happens, you know, things just went awry, and his glue did not turn out to be nearly as strong as he expected. In fact, he created a really weak glue. Um, and so uh, they didn't know what to do with this. Uh, they had to make a better glue for the airline industry, but nonetheless, they had created this interesting glue. Um, and Weak, but interesting. And it took them years. It took them like 13 years to figure out what to do with this glue. Um, but they, they, they thought um, maybe we could coat bulletin boards with the glue, and then we could stick papers to the board without needing tacks. But then they realized that it would attract dust, and they would, it would you know, not work after a while. And it just took them a while before they figured out, let's put the glue on pieces of paper, and then we can stick those pieces of paper to anything else. And they made the small yellow sheets that we know as Post-it notes. But when they went out into the marketplace to try to 
get people to buy this new product, nobody wanted it. Nobody bought any. In fact, it was the worst launch of a new product the company had ever had. And um, But meanwhile, within their own company, everybody was using these post-it notes for everything. So then what they did, about a year later, they said, let's try and launch this again. And they went out and they just gave out free packets to office workers in Boise, Idaho. And they're like, here, take these, use these, see if you can find any use for these. And if you enjoy them, let us know and you can order some. Well, that became the most successful product launch of any product in the company's history. Um, And it's simply because nobody could foresee any use for this, right? And Mm -hmm. if you'd have said to me, hey, do you want some really small sheets of paper with some really weak glue on them? (laughs) I'd be like, aw, no, I no like thanks. my paper. I like my paper large, thank you, and I prefer it to not be sticky. And if it's going to be sticky, I don't want it to be weakly sticky. Like what? I'm going to put a piece of tape on it. What's wrong with tape? Right. You know? Like yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't want that. I don't need that. <laughs> well, you know that same philosophy we see in our churches today, and in you know it's very hard sometimes to accept the new and improved. And that's why our church years ago, I would say maybe 20 years ago or or longer, started a second service because they knew that the old timers had that mentality of, I don't want change. What's wrong with the way it's always been? I want to keep coming in and singing exactly the way we've always sung. I want the preacher to do exactly what he's always done. But they knew that there was a whole new generation that was wanting to step into the new and improved way in their minds of doing it. And the churches that grasp that reality uh, have been growing. And here's here's the deal. The post-it note is now a commonplace thing in our homes and the cell phone is in everybody's home as a matter of fact I know most people don't even have a landline anymore so we are not going to stop the reality of new and improved it's going to happen and things are going to constantly be changing in the world around us and so our challenge as Christians is to say, okay, how can we embrace the change, go find something new to bring into our service without changing the message, without changing the truth of who God is and why he sent his son to die on a cross for us? How can we keep the message but grab hold of the new and improved? Isaiah 43, 18, a verse I know well. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You know, that gives me goosebumps, literally, because God knew. He knows how we're wired. He knows that most people want status quo. You know, we all get into that comfort zone and we really, we want to just kind of hang out there. But anybody that uh, is a Christian 
knows that God is never content to leave us where we are. He's going to constantly encourage us to stretch and grow and learn. And that verse in Isaiah absolutely says it all. It says, look, don't hang on to what's always been because every day is new. Doesn't God tell us that? His mercies are new every day. He's doing something new every single moment. And all these wonderful inventions, the microwave, the television, the internet, our cell phones, all of those were created by people that God gave that knowledge and ability so that our world could keep changing and keep going and get to that new. And so when we drag our heels in the dirt and we say, no, no, I don't want to go, then we are turning our back on what God has said all along from Isaiah. Hey, I'm doing something new. Get on board. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Uh, And Psalm 40, uh, verse 3, I think, he put a new song in my mouth. He, God, put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to him. Um, And many will see and fear and put their trust in him. So, yeah, you know, let's not get too... Let's not get so settled and so comfortable that we become complacent. Let's be willing to learn and to try um, and to uh, experiment and embrace what is new. It just might be improved. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the, that's the whole theme of today's program is that we get it. We, Rachel and I have both been two girls that have dug our heels in at times and said, no. I don't see the point. I don't understand why I should change the way I've been doing something that's working just fine. And yet, once we let go of the past and we let go of our norm and we step into something different, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, opportunities pop up that could never have happened before. And let me give you an example. I did not want a cell phone. I dug my heels in. I did not want to do it. Nobody was going to make me until a client did (laughs) make me. And then, you know, you get so used to it. And I will never forget having the opportunity to connect a hurting person at the hospital who needed a, a church home. They were going through a devastating circumstance. And I just happened to be in the right place at the right time to pray with them. I was there for another reason, but I saw them crying and I asked if I could pray. And I found out that they didn't have a church home. And so with my cell phone right there, I asked if I could connect them to somebody who would love them and care about them in their own hometown. And so that little piece of technology that I dug my heels in and said, I do not want to do it. God said, you have no idea, Luann, what is going to happen 10 years, 12 years, 15 years from now. And you are going to need that little piece of technology. I don't know what 
is on your heart today. But we felt like this was a topic that is so true, even in, you know, our world around us. You know, America is changing. The world is changing. And sometimes we dig our heels in and say, no, I don't want the change. I don't see any need for things to be different. But God says, every day is new. And he is doing something new in us and through us. But we have to be willing to embrace the new and improved, right? Right. So my challenge for us this week is to try something new. It could be something small or something large. It could be anything at all. Maybe you'll try a new recipe, or maybe you'll try a new restaurant. Or maybe you'll try a new worship artist. Listen to a a, a new CD. I don't mind whatever it is you want to do, but here's the task. Try something new and notice how it feels. For some of us, it might feel uncomfortable. For some of us, it might feel exciting. But I think we all need to develop the capacity to accept the new and improved. So may the God of hope... Give us the courage to encourage others, and we'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Thank you so much for joining Encouragement Cafe today. And we encourage you to stop by encouragementcafe.com. And there you can find a way to give a gift of any amount and receive one of our coloring book devotionals. We hope that it encourages you on your daily walk. We'll see you back here next week.